Well, good morning, church. Man, it's great to be together this morning and great to worship together. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, it's spring break, so I know that everyone here this morning, you are the real Christians. So congratulations. You'll get your participation trophy on the way out this morning. No, seriously. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. Hey, we believe that we are the body of Christ, called to live different, to invite people to come together, invest in each other, and engage in what matters most because of Jesus. Has anyone over the past week tried to live different because of Jesus? Just a little bit more, maybe? Um, I know I have, and I found it difficult. (laughs) And, you know, I'm paid to be a Christian. Not really. But it feels that way sometimes, right? It's hard. It's hard to follow Jesus. I don't know if you figured this out yet, but sometimes things happen. People say things that cut you off in traffic, and, and you think, normally I would respond this way, but because of Jesus i got to hit pause for a second think about what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to respond or react. Because you know what? Because of Jesus, it has to be different for us. And if we're really going to lean into this, if we're really going to do it, it means hitting pause when those things happen. And to think carefully about what we do and what we say. Because it has to be rooted in Jesus. I don't know about you. I think this is a really big idea and something we'll probably spend the rest of our lives trying to figure out, but I think it's so important. Uh, In 2005, uh, Alicia and I, my wife, decided that we were going to uh, buy our first home. We had, you know, did the apartment thing for a year. We'd we'd rented a house, a small house for a few years, and we'd saved some money. We had both started working and decided, okay, let's, it's time. Let's, 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 let's get our first house. But instead of buying a used house, we thought we'd build a new one, right? And uh, we had never done anything like this before. And uh, there, was a, there was a developer had moved in and was, was doing a whole neighborhood. And so we were building our, our own home, but it wasn't like, you know, we picked that everything. It's like you had three choices of countertops and three choices of light fixtures, and you could go in and pick one. And that was great for us because it was, it was fun, but not too complicated. And it was fantastic. But what was cool was as they started construction, we would drive by almost every day and we would see what they were doing. You know, and some of you have this, you know what this is like. And the, the first thing they do is they're preparing uh, the land, the ground, the property uh, to, to lay a foundation. So they, they, they're, they're, they're clearing off the ground, they're, you know, packing the soil, they're repacking the dirt, they come back, they finally pour the concrete, and then begin to frame it. And it look kind of like, like this picture you'll see on the screen. But it's amazing to watch all the work that goes into just making sure The foundation is right. And some of you, you do this for a living, so you know way more about this than I do. I think all of us know, we understand the importance uh, when you're going to build a structure, build a building, build a house. All of us just understand conceptually how important it is to have a really solid foundation for a building. I think what's interesting is that so often I think we forget, I mean, if we're honest, we do, We forget how important it is to have a solid foundation for our lives. I mean, just think about it. Think about about people you know right now that are struggling in their life. And they may be struggling relationally, with their family, financially, you know, fill in the blank in their work, whatever. And this isn't always the case because everybody struggles, and and I understand that. But sometimes... Sometimes I think the reason we struggle or the people that we know and we love struggle is because if we're being just really, really honest with ourselves, and there's no judgment here, let's just, let's just talk how it is sometimes. 
for being honest, sometimes we've built our life on a bit of a shaky foundation. People do this all the time. Christian people do this all the time, right? I get to talk to a lot of people who are struggling, and, and, and I love that. I love that part of my work and my ministry and my life. And, but so many times we'll be talking about what's going on and, and the problems and the struggles they're having, they're experiencing, and they're wondering, you know, where is God and why do I feel far from God and, and why am I going through this? You know, if God is good, why is this happening to me? And we'll talk about all those things and all those questions. And, and then at some point I'll, I'll start asking my own questions, and, and maybe you've, you've, you've done this before too, but simple questions. How are you and God doing? How's your prayer life? How's it going in your quiet time with God as you read scripture? What's it like with you and God right now? What, what are, what's your rhythm like in, in your time with him? What, what's it, what, how, how are things with your, with your faith family, with your community of faith, with your church where you're a part of? And, and so many times what I've discovered, and again, there's no judgment here. This is just kind of what happens in almost every situation, almost every conversation, they'll tell me that that part of their life is lacking. Because this is what we do, right? I mean, we come to church, but we build our life on our own talents and abilities. We, we come to worship and we sing about how great God is, but we built our whole life on our, on our own greatness, on our own abilities, on our own careers, you know? Uh, we, we, we've, we've come together and, and, and we've, we've earned a lot of money, so we give enough away to the church to, to feel good about what's going on. But our confidence isn't really in God alone. Our confidence is in that, that number that's in our bank account, right? That's where our, our hope really is. And we sing songs like we sang this morning, you know, in Christ alone. And that's, that is where we want our hope to be. But honestly, our hope is in our own resources, our own ability, our own talents, our own and what we've done, if we're not careful, what we will do is we will build our lives on the gifts of God and not on God alone. Just think about that for a minute. Is it possible that you and I have built the foundation of our lives on the gifts of God, but not on God alone? When Jesus was gathering his first disciples, uh, there's this amazing story that happens in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He gets these, these first followers together. These people, they've heard Jesus teach. They've seen him do miracles. They've started coming around him. And he goes up on this mountain and he sits and he begins to describe to them, tell them what life is like in the kingdom of heaven. And when he gets to the end of that teaching, it's a fantastic teaching. When he gets to the very end of it, he tells a story, maybe one of his most well-known stories that, that he ever told. And it's in Matthew 7. We'll start in verse 24 if you have your Bibles or a Bible app if you want to turn that on or follow along on the screen. He tells this story that reminds everybody that's, that's wanting to follow him what matters most. And I want you to hear again this story that Jesus, and you probably know it by heart, but I want you to listen, maybe as if it's for the first time you've ever heard it. Jesus says this in Matthew 7 24. He said, Anyone who listens, get this, who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. That the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house. It won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. Jesus says right here that, that, that where you begin matters. The foundation of your life matters. But it's not enough, and I want you to hear this. 
It's not enough just to hear what Jesus says. It's not enough just to listen. It's not enough just to know his teaching or to read his words. It's those people who who hear him, who listen, but then who follow, who do what he says. It's those people that Jesus calls wise. And the fact of the matter is that a lot of people would hear Jesus To the story of the Gospels, a lot of people would hear the teachings and the words of Jesus, but only a very few would obey. In fact, this this is what really shakes me. If you back up just to the the words of Jesus right before the story, I don't know if you've ever read this backwards, but if you do that, here's what happens. In verse 21, the verses right before the, the verses we just read, Jesus says this. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. And then listen to what he says. He says, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Does that not just blow your mind? Here are people who, who Jesus says on judgment, they're going to call out to him and say, Lord, Lord, hey, we prophesied in your name. That's a pretty big deal. We, we cast out demons in your name and perform miracles in your name. And Jesus says, he says, there's a difference between doing good and doing the will of my Father. I, I don't know about you. I, I've, I've never cast out a demon. I've never really performed any miracles. I've tried to walk on water. It didn't go too well. You know, these people did. And Jesus says, there's a difference. There is a difference between doing good and doing the will of my Father. And this is huge for us. None of us would ever say this because we're too humble, but I believe all of us would, would think, especially those of us who have been a part of the church or this church for a long time, we would say we've, we've done some good things. We've done some good things in the, in the name of Jesus. We've done some good things in the name of God. You know, we, we've given generously to the church. We've, we've volunteered to, to serve, to teach, to, to do coffee, to do donuts, to do whatever. We've, we've come and we've participated. We've, we've done all that we could. We, we've, we've, we've given of our time in the community. We've, we've served on mission trips around the world or given so that others could go and do those great things and and we would say we've done a lot of good in the name of the Father. We've done a lot of good in the name of Jesus but Jesus says he says there's a difference between doing good and doing the will of my Father. Are you wondering like I am at this point like Jesus what do you, like if all those things, I mean they matter but if if it's not enough like what, what is it to do the will of the Father. Like, what does that even mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. If you back up, and we don't have time this morning, but if you back up and if you read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, this entire teaching of Jesus, we call it the Sermon on the Mount, what you find is that Jesus has just finished describing what life is like for those who follow him, and it's a different kind of life. He's been describing what life is like in his kingdom for people who want to follow Jesus and who want to please the Father and do the will of the Father. And it's a different kind of life. And if you've ever heard that teaching, if you've ever read those words of Jesus, he says things like this. He says things like, love your enemies. Pray for those who hurt you. He says things like, 
Don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. That's different. He says things like, forgive others. And if you do that, my Father in heaven will forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, then he won't forgive you. That's different. He says things like, if you're on the way to worship and you get there and it dawns on you that there is someone who has something against you, leave worship, go find that person, make it right, be reconciled to them. And only then when things are made right between, between you and this person, then come back and worship. It's different. Jesus says, if you hear my words and you do them, you are wise. And he says this is so important because storms are going to come. We've talked about this before in this room, but it's true. It's going to rain. Jesus would say later that in this world, you will have trouble. So storms are going to come. And the reason this is so important that you build your life on the foundation of Jesus, the reason this is so important that you hear his words and you do his words is because when you do that, it puts your life on an unshakable foundation because it's going to rain. Storms will come. You know this. I know this. We've experienced this. Some of you are experiencing it right now. You're in the middle of a storm. And if your life is built on the foundation of Jesus, if you have heard the teaching of Jesus and you have done what he said, then you know that you'll experience life on an unshakable foundation. And holding on to the promises of God in the middle of the storms of this life may be the hardest things you will ever have, one of the hardest things you'll ever have to do, but you know you can do it. You can do it because Jesus has said, I mean, he's promised you, he's promised you that, that God is with you, that he is for you, that he will never leave you, he will never forsake you. God has promised that when those storms come, that he will always be by your side. And more than that, his church, his followers, they will be with you. They will be by your side. They won't leave you. They won't forsake you. He's told us that no matter what comes, and even if the storm does overwhelm you and overtakes you, even if you lose, you win. And if you need proof, look at the cross. Because even when the storm overtakes you, if your life is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, even if you lose, you will win. Building your life on the solid foundation of Jesus, of hearing his teaching and doing what it says, it's so important. And if for some reason you decide to build your life on any other foundation, here's what Jesus says about that. Verse 26. Anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. It's like a person, like who would do this? Who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Can you see Jesus just like looking out at his new recruits on these, these first followers? And he's kind of smiling when, he's, when he says this. It's like this. Imagine somebody built their house on sand. Like that's just crazy talk. Listen to me. Do, hear what I'm saying and then do what I say and you will experience a different kind of life. You will experience the best life ever. Jesus is looking at him and you can just see him smiling, just like saying, just trust me with this. Like I want you to have the best life ever. And the way for you to experience this kind of life, this different kind of life, this abundant life is to hear what I say and then to obey my teachings. And if we're honest, this is where we have a lot of problems. 
Because for whatever reason, this is so true of me, and maybe it's true of you, maybe it's not, but I think for a lot of people, we, we get hung up right here because we have, a, we have a real problem with authority. We have a real problem with being obedient. We want to be our own master and commander, right? And we don't like submitting to any other authority or being obedient to anyone above us. But, but being obedient to God is, is never been, and maybe you've misunderstood this, it's never been about what God wants from you, all right? O- obeying God and obedience to God, it's always been about, about what God wants for you. And parents in the room, you understand this. Like you want your children to obey you, not because you're on some sort of power trip or because you want to just, you know, like, you know, you want them to do everything you say and be subservient to you just because, you know, for your own satisfaction. no. The reason I tell my kids not to go play in the street on didn't tap at five o'clock, it's not because I want anything from them. It's because of what I want for them. I don't want them to die. (laughs) I want them to live. And the reason that I I have these rules and these instructions for my children is because it's, it's all because it's always been about what I want for them. I want them to go to bed at a certain time. So when they wake up, they won't be so grumpy. It's what I want for them and for me, if I'm being a little honest. But, right, it, you know, the things that we do as parents, the, the rules that we have and the reason we want our kids to obey, it's, it's always because we have their best interest in mind. It's always about what we want for them. And God, Jesus here in this moment says, I want you to hear my teaching and obey it. And it's not about anything I want from you. It's because of the life that I want for you. Oh, man, I want you to build your life on the foundation of Jesus. Because when you do, when you hear the words of Jesus, and then when you do the words of Jesus, it sets you up for a different kind of life, a different kind of living. Do you remember seeing this, the picture of this house? 2008, Galveston, Hurricane Ike comes blowing through. When this picture was first released, most people thought it was a fake, that, that somehow they had doctored it, or, but it, it was real. This home, this yellow house, uh, belonged to Warren and Pam Adams. This wasn't their first home in this location. It was their second home. Their first home got destroyed when Hurricane Rita came through in 2005. And, and after that, they decided they loved the location. They loved the beach. They loved the area. They wanted to rebuild their house. And Warren actually contracted with an engineering company, I believe in Houston, to oversee the construction of his new home. And he said, I want you to build it to hurricane standards. So if another storm ever does come, like, you know, it'll, it'll survive it. And it did. They built this house on these huge columns that I don't even know how far they went down into the earth, but it put the bottom floor of of the house 14 feet above ground, 22 feet above sea level. And when Hurricane Ike blew blew through, every other house was destroyed. It looked like a bomb was dropped, except for one house that stayed standing. Are you applying the teachings of Jesus to your life? Because when you do, you can have a life that even when the hurricanes come, you can still be standing. Some of you aren't unlike Warren and Pam Adams. 
Maybe there was a time in your life when a hurricane, or maybe right now a time is coming through your life when there is a hurricane and it is knocking you over. It knocked, it's knocking your house down. Maybe you had that experience, but because of that you thought, when I rebuild my life, when I rebuild this house, I'm going to build it on the foundation of Jesus. It's going to be hurricane worthy. And you have a story to tell because you can tell about a time when, yeah, life knocked you over. But you rebuilt your house on the foundation of Jesus. And because of that, when the next storm came, you were still standing. You see, here's the deal. A different kind of foundation results in a different kind of life. And if you want the kind of life that Jesus is offering, you can't have it. But you have to hear, you have to hear his teaching, and you have to do what he says. And here's my challenge for you this week. I know it's spring break. I know you, you, you may be here today and gone tomorrow. I don't know what you have ahead over the next four or five days. But here's, here's what I want to challenge you to do this week. I want to challenge you to go back to Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And I want to challenge you to read the words of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, to, to hear his teaching again. Read it every day if you can. Read it twice a day if you can. It's not, it doesn't take that long. Hear the words of Jesus and then ask yourself, how can I apply the words of Jesus to my life? How can I actually do what Jesus says? What area of my life, as I read the words of Jesus, is it exposing where I'm not being obedient to what he has said? Maybe I'm seeing Jesus or hearing Jesus say this and I realize that in my life I'm doing that and I need to make sure that my life is lining up with the teaching and the words of Jesus. Go back and read the words of Jesus and ask yourself, how can my life line up? How can I be more obedient to the words of Christ? Because when you do, what happens is that you start to build your life on a different kind of foundation. Maybe you're thinking, man, there's areas of my life that are shaky right now. But you can build your life. You can build your life on a better foundation, but it takes living differently. It takes asking yourself, what has to change in my life? What what do I need to do differently because of Jesus? And when you start living that way, what you start discovering is that you're living the best life ever. Jesus called it the abundant life. And it's the life that he wants for you and for me. Church, if you would, please, please stand. We know what happens if we built our life, if we build our lives on sand. We know how that story ends. But when we build our lives on the teaching of Jesus, we have the opportunity to build a life that is still standing even when the storm strikes. When Jesus finished this story and finished this teaching, Matthew says this. He says, The crowds were amazed at his teaching. The crowds were amazed at his teaching. I love that. They said, they said that he taught with real authority, unlike the other religious teachers. And here's my hope and my prayer. My hope and my prayer is that you and I will get our hearts and our minds and our lives around us and that we will build our lives on the words of Jesus, that we'll hear what he says and that we'll do what he says. Why? So that people will see what it looks like to live different. And when they do, they will be amazed at his teaching too.
Because you and I have an opportunity to live different at school, to live different at work, to live different at home, to live different in our neighborhoods, to live different in this church, to hear the words of Jesus and to live by the words of Jesus. What if this church was built on the solid foundation of a group of people who were hearing the words of Jesus and actually doing the words of Jesus in every possible way to the best of our ability? What would it look like? I'll tell you this. A different kind of foundation leads to a different kind of life And it leads to a different kind of church. And it's my prayer that you and I will build our lives on that kind of foundation. Let's sing.